0: Well, good morning, guys, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Kelly S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today is Friday, January fifth, 2024, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the doctor's opinion. We're on page XXVII on that sixth paragraph there at the bottom, it says later he requested the privilege through that paragraph ending with back from the gates of death and will be commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Matthew G., 12 Traditions, and P., Judith S. P., reading the text, Anne-Marie M., reading page 164, and Kathy S., our backup reader. The newcomer greeter is Marge O., and second hour host will be Anne A., The reference number for yesterday, Thursday, January 4th, 2024, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 21,000, let me just read it, 21005 and 21005 and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 21006, 21006, OA preamble. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA, Our sole purpose, OA's tradition, fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Matthew G to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Matthew.
1: Good morning. My name is Matthew G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Paris, France. And these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Matthew. Okay, next we will have Tenzin P. reading the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Tenzin.
2: Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. 12 Traditions. Number one. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve. anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
3: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks, Tenzin. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We'll read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous where in doctor's opinion, we are on page XXVII, six paragraph there at the bottom. It says, later he requested the privilege, reading through that paragraph, ending with back from the gates of death, and comments on that one paragraph. And Judith SP, will you get us started?
4: Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kelly, and thank you, everyone, for being here. Most importantly, thank you, God. My name is Judith SP, greatly recovered. Excuse me, in Maryland. Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here, and with some misgivings, we consented. The cases we have followed through have been most interesting, in fact. Many of them are amazing. The unselfishness of these men as we have come to know them. The entire absence of profit motive and their community spirit is indeed inspiring to one who has labored long and wearily in this alcoholic field. They believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. And as regular, this again, is a powerful paragraph. And what I was struck with in the first couple words is later he, who being Bill, requested. He didn't demand. He didn't go around, you know, Robin's barn to get in to do what he felt he was called to do. He already was demonstrating his recovered state by being courteous, polite and requesting. And I know he must have had a very loving relationship with this doctor. Um, There was major concern for this to happen. I myself have been on both sides of hospital staff. Uh, Being in a hospital, I was a patient and I was also a therapist in the hospital as well as in community centers. And it would have been beyond my comprehension for one of uh, the patients to feel that they were in a state of stability and sanity to offer to other patients that which the medical staff could not do. This, even in today's world, particularly in this world, with HIPAA and confidentiality and whatever, it's amazing to me that um, they did give permission. And that demonstrated the desperation and pain that Dr. Silkworth and the other doctors, because this letter refers to we doctors. The first letter was in the I statement, and this letter is written in the we statement. So, I sense there was some discussion with the hospital staff to uh, offer this letter. So, there was a desperation. And what through them to have the confidence was the amazing witnessing of recovery in so many chronic disease, almost near death alcoholics. I felt like I was one of those. When I hear people on the lines, when I listen to speakers, when I observe the beautiful grace and humility with which recovery and whatever, walk in their lives, I am totally incentivized to keep going. And to me, the most important thing is to be of service, whether it's as a sponsor, a speaker, setting up chairs, starting a new meeting, whatever it is. And I feel truly grateful for this community spirit. And for, I don't want any money. I want to donate this is a program of donation, but I don't want anyone to say, you know, you're great. How much does it cost? So, with that, I pass, and I look forward to many shares you folks. Thank you. Well, thanks for getting us started,
0: SP. Okay, so we're now going to open up the meeting for sharing, and although we do value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you shared Wednesday or Thursday on any vision meeting, please allow others the opportunity to share today. Please keep your share three minutes to allow time for as many people as possible to share. I'll remind you um, when time is up. So give me your first name, initial of your last and where you're calling from.
5: Lisa M. Katie G
0: from Boston. Louie M Rick J in Tennessee. Lisa C? Wait, wait. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Okay, here's who I have. uh, Harlan G, Katie G, Lulu, Anne Marie M, Rick J, Chris G, I think Chris G, and Lisa C. Is there somebody I missed? Melissa N? Melissa? Was it Melissa C? Yep, yep, it's me. Okay. And who else was there? Benita L, Georgia. Vanita L. All right. Let's stop there. That's quite a lineup. I have Harlan, Katie, Lulu, Anne Marie, Rick, Chris, Lisa, Melissa, and Vanita. All right, make sure your phones are muted by pressing star one. We'll get started with Harlan, followed by Katie. Good morning, Harlan.
6: Good morning, Kelly. Thank you very much for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. There are two testimonials going on in this paragraph that cannot be ignored. And the first testimonial in this paragraph is to the greatness and the unselfishness of William D. Silkworth, MD. Silkworth knew from observation what this disease was. But in further observation, once Bill Wilson recovered in late, not in late, in mid-December of 1934, and he got busy talking to these other patients, he saw that in order for the message to be carried effectively, it must have depth and weight. What does that mean? He's going to tell us that on the next page. But what he saw was that Bill Wilson could communicate with these alcoholics in a way that he himself could not. Bill wilson could could share his experience with drinking in a way that Silkworth couldn't because Silkworth was not an alcoholic, and when it when you boil the meat from the bone, it's one alcoholic talking to another alcoholic so that the second alcoholic eventually will begin taking action after action after action after action that he does not yet believe in but will take it because of the identification of one to the other, and if he's desperate enough, he will begin to take those actions. The other testimonial that's going on in this paragraph It's the unselfishness, not only of Bill Wilson, but let's focus on New York. So let's leave Dr. Bob and the Akron people out of this. Let's go to Fitz Mayo. Let's go to Jimmy Burwell. Let's go to Hank Parkhurst. Let's go to the early successes in New York that came through the doors of the town's hospital that Silkworth treated. And these guys got busy, and they proved not only could they stay sober, only by giving the message to someone else but they proved and set a precedent for us that this is indeed not a program for people who need it it is not a program for people who want it this is and always will be a program for people who do it they got through the steps quickly They didn't linger on with all kinds of assignments and and distractions. They got through quickly because they knew that in sponsoring, in working with other drunks, that was going to keep them sober. It says on page 89 nothing ensures immunity from drinking like intensive work with other alcoholics. And Silkworth was taking a risk with these guys because these were not counselors or doctors, these were drunks. And so, could you just imagine telling your wife who comes to see you, why are you so hopeful, dear? Why are you so sober, dear? Well, I talked to a drunk, and he sent me away. Could you just imagine that? With that, Kelly, I will pass. Thank you for your service.
0: Well, thank you so much, Harlan, for getting us started on that. Okay, next up, Katie G, followed by Lulu. Good morning,
7: Katie. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for taking the meeting. Katie G recovered in Boston. For me, the most important word is the one that is capitalized. Do I believe I need to find a power, capital P, which pulls chronic, which a chronic disease? Right, I have a chronic disease, so. Right now I don't have a chronic disease. Right now I have a sinus infection, which makes me talk funny, but it will go away. What is a chronic disease? A chronic disease is something that affects my activities of daily living, and it is long-term. It may never go away, right, from the gates of insanity or death. So I just wanna describe to you what happened to me several years, a couple years ago. So I had a doctor tell me that if they operated on me, I would flatline on the table because I had put on, or excuse me, put on, because I had lost 17 pounds in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, right? I had another doctor look at me and tell me I was going to die if I did not put on weight. And, you know, while that was really helpful, the people who really helped me are these unselfish, you know, women who surrounded me and who helped me see the truth because the worst part of this disease is that it talks to me in my own voice. So I might have been 17 pounds underweight, but damn, I thought I looked good. And I thought anyone who was telling me otherwise was jealous, right? Like that's my insanity. But you guys helped me, you guys helped me see the truth. You guys helped me see the truth because I was not living my life. Like let's talk about insanity or death, getting up and living to exercise I have a home I have a husband I have two girls I have a house to clean dinner to make laundry to do I expected my husband to do everything I needed to exercise and it would affect my whole day I couldn't make doctor's appointments and show up for them I couldn't make make friend appointments I couldn't do anything but exercise that is the gates of insanity or death and the coolest part is that once you get through the steps capital P power God does miraculous things. Like just this morning, I said, my sponsor and I were talking, I didn't get on the scale. I had an obsession yesterday to get on the scale. Why? Because I was in fear. So I did my step work. And do you know what? I didn't get on the scale. And for some of you, that may be nothing for me, a compulsive eater, a restrictor, an exercise bulimic. That is the grace of God. The other thing that happened is, I was in a a meeting with with a sponsor of mine. I was not happy. I had very high expectations for her. And I went immediately to fear. But you know what happened? I had that second sober thought of, Katie, you're in self-reliance, and self-reliance fails you. That is God consciousness. That is the power, capital P, that will keep all of us away from the gates of insanity and death. And that is what I got. Thanks. Thanks, Katie.
0: All right, next up is Lulu, followed by Anne Marie M. Lulu, what's the initial of your last name and where are you calling from?
2: Thank you, Kelly, for taking this meeting. We are all so grateful. Um, My last initial is L, Lulu L, and I'm in Florida and I am recovered happily today. Wow, what a paragraph! (laughs) What a paragraph! A couple things popped off the page for me, as it has for the previous shares, and that is the word unselfishness. Without you guys, your unbelievable unselfishness to to offer to me time, minutes, hours, calls, help me please, help me please, help me please, never. Did anybody turn me down? I've always had each and every one of you to reach out to and to give me support. That is the ultimate in unselfishness. Nobody says to me, you know, I don't have time to talk to you. I, I just, you know, I don't have time to talk to you. you have to figure it out on your own. And the unselfishness of these fellows in this particular room is what deepened my relationship to my power with a capital P? I thought I had a spiritual life. I thought I had a spiritual relationship with my higher power. I believed that when I came in. I thought, oh, I can skip that and I can skip. No, I was so wrong because always my relationship is deepened. And this program and this room in particular, and all you beautiful people who I have interacted with or just listened to, have led me with your light, your inner light, to my inner light. Then you've created in me recovery from something that has eaten alive for the whole of my life, for all of it. And I am just so incredibly grateful to each and every one of you. You are my brothers and you are my sisters. And thank you for pointing me to the power that, quote, unquote, saved me, saved me from myself, saved me from the fork, the fingers, the bags, the boxes, whom I can rely on every single second of the day, which is what I do. So I have a living relationship with this power now. It's just not. It's not just on a on paper, right? It's for real, and that's because of you guys and your unselfishness. Thank you, thank you, and I pass. Thanks, Kelly. Well,
0: thank you, Lulu. Okay, so next up is Anne Marie, followed by Rick J. Good morning, Anne Marie.
2: Good morning, Kelly. This is Anne Marie M. in South Carolina, recovered through God's grace and by working the steps in this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, so we're all picking different words. Um, My word was privilege. Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell a story to other patients. I find it's an honor to do step 12, an honor to be able to listen to someone step five, that they would be trusting in me. And open and open with me, and it's it 's just unbelievable how much I get out of doing this work and to see others blossom, you know, see the light bulbs go on even even when i 'm i 'm over the phone a lot of times I do it via zoom, but i can I can see and watch uh people um come to life, and it 's just amazing um, and he uses the word many of them are amazing um. And um, that's really what I wanted to point out, is that it's a privilege to work with other people. And, um, you know, it's better than therapy. It really is. Uh, I paid a lot of money. I went to therapy a lot, of, lot long time, many different times to figure out why I was compulsively eating. If I figured out why, then I could change it, so I thought. But it was only God that could change Change me. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that. And I never realized that the first letter is all I, and then in the second letter, um, he includes other that we doctors have realized. So that was that's interesting. I love um, learning more and more as I read through this, this book. Um, I just am hopeful that I will remain teachable and uh, open and honest and, and willing. So... I want to pass with that. Thanks, Kelly, for your service.
0: Well, thanks, Anne-Marie. Next up, we have Rick J. Followed by Chris. Good morning, Rick.
5: Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. And um, loved hearing all the shares. Oh, my. Um, Yeah, I... uh, I really was struck by just this image of Dr. Silkworth, you know, in this environment of, you know, being a, a, uh, a scientist, uh, a medical doctor, a healer, unable to heal his patients, you know, just this, you know, years of um, frustration, you know, Uh, and. This probably like hopelessness, you know, laboring long and wearily in this alcoholic field, you know, with with just this hope of, you know, not curing, but but healing, making someone better. And, you know, and then just leading to death. You know, when a doctor is using words like the gates of death, that's just not being like overly dramatic. It's just his experience. And here he is. He's witnessing a miracle. And like Katie, I I was drawn to the, the word power that's capitalized. You know, Dr. Silkworth himself as a scientist capitalized that word when he wrote this. He was seeing something at work that maybe he didn't fully understand it, but he loved it. I mean, here he's seeing these alcoholics are helping each other. They're not curing each other, but they're helping heal each other. This belief. And that's the other part that was really, you know, striking me is they believe in themselves and still more in this power. that's healing them. And so he came to believe in that power, too. You know, he didn't have to understand it just like I don't have to understand it. You know, and I'm so grateful that he set aside his ultra-modern standards, his scientific approach to everything. You know his medical knowledge, his ego, he set his ego aside to simply let this miracle happen and to be there and a, be a part of it so i'm I'm just so grateful that I can look at myself and realize that in my journey, I came to believe in your recovery in your belief in a higher power. I could see a power working in you before I could. Really appreciate that it can work for me or see it working for me. I can see it working in you, and I came to believe in that. Just like Dr. Silkworth came to believe in what was going on around him. And all I have to do is today this is keep putting into practical application those spiritual principles that Bill and all those other guys, those early pioneers, were doing. You know? Fine. With that, I path.
0: Thanks, Rick. Uh, just a reminder, you guys, where we're at uh, before we move on a little bit. We're on Doctor's Opinion, page XXVII, six paragraph. Uh, later, he requested the privilege through that one paragraph, and he was baked back from the gates of death. We're going to continue on with Chris, followed by Lisa C. Chris, what's the initial of your last name?
4: G, Chris G.
0: G, <clears throat> that's what I thought. But, okay, Chris G, where are you calling from?
8: Tennessee. I'm in East Tennessee. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so I uh, appreciate everybody that's uh, shared so far and everybody that's doing service. Thank you so much and uh so a couple of things I, I do emphasize the first sentence later he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here, and with some misgivings we consented I, I like the some misgivings we consented and and that's that's uh, probably true, you know uh, with some misgivings we consented. Uh, But they did let him. And and so, yeah, he requested and he was allowed and he told his story. Now, you know, in the, in the, in the, this, I think this is the first time we're hearing about Bill telling his story. But um, in the big book, I think Bill's story is told about five times, if I'm not wrong. Um, But um, I I remember the last time uh, going through uh, with the vision with the paragraph by paragraph study. And how everybody looked up words and and told us the meaning of words and and talked about the history and the and the excitement, but my story is that the first time the first time I saw the steps, they were on the wall they were on the steps, and the traditions were on the wall where you could they they could read them off uh, during a meeting and that wasn 't in a meeting, but I saw them on the wall and I looked at the steps and I looked at the traditions and I tried to figure them out. I thought if I could just figure this out on my own by myself, maybe I'd get somewhere. And I, I did go to OA and I went to meetings, but I didn't figure out the steps. It didn't make sense. The words didn't make sense. And I needed to hear your story. I needed to hear you explain it to me and you tell me how you uh, see it. And and one of the things I've learned uh, this time around was, was the idea that, that in the in the paragraph where a uh, uh, couple of days ago where it says the powers of good lie outside our synthetic knowledge, the powers of good is, is not capitalized. And then in this paragraph, it's, it's a power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. So this power has, has uh, uh, the ability to, to make us turn around from death towards life. <clears throat> I think turning from death and turning towards Life is is uh, is so important, and um, so so we learn that 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 power has a capital P, which is important, and um, and then I I the unselfishness of these men we have come to know as them the entire absence of profit motive their community spirit. <laughs> Excuse me. I went to a few AA meetings, and, and I'm not an alcoholic, so I didn't identify as an alcoholic, but um, that I didn't want to drink today, uh, and so I was accepted, and I, and I went, and, and I noticed their community spirit, and, and I noticed uh, their um, Time. unselfishness, and, and that was, that's what made the biggest, the biggest impression on me was their community spirit and their unselfishness, and with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Next up, we... Next up, we have Lisa C. followed by Melissa C. Hey, Lisa. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, you can.
9: Okay. Thank you. I didn't hear it say. I was unmuted.
0: Okay. Thanks. Hi.
9: Good morning. My name is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, thank you so much for this meeting, for everybody um, who's here, who makes it happen. Um, and for all the amazing shares. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I had this legendary math teacher, and when he would put a real whopper of a math problem on the board. He would like clap his hands together and shake them to get, you know, rub them together real fast. And he'd be like, this one's cutesy, cutesy, like buckle your seatbelt. And that's kind of how I felt. I thought of him when I read this paragraph, because I'm like, ah, it's all here. Everything's here. Um, I love how the parallel is sort of made between the way that we, uh, you know, um, compulsive overeaters, Uh, You know, we kind of uh, work wearily (laughs) to try to fix our problem before we come into program, just the way the doctors were, you know, um, working wearily and unable to fix the problem without the power with the capital P. I also really, um, of course, the privilege of being allowed to tell stories. I mean, yeah, like the storytelling is where it's at. Um, and I'm totally biased here because I'm a storyteller. I'm an English teacher, and I love stories. And I think that, yeah, I mean, God can be found in all kinds of stories. And I also really love this part, the unselfishness of these men as we come to know them, the entire absence of profit motive and their community spirit. Because that sounds a whole lot like unity, recovery, service, like that, you know, the symbol, um, right, body, mind, spirit. Um, it's all there, right? Like, we have to have healthy meetings. I have to have healthy meetings. Um, where uh, we place principles before personalities. Where I'm not caught up in people. I'm caught up in the message, um, so I can tune into that power that literally saves me every moment. And finally, you know, um, I um, really, yeah, like I, I need, I need it to be told to me straight. To eat is to die. Okay, the gates of death, the disease that lurks. Um, to eat is to die. To starve is to die. Um, and, and to control is to die. And so one of my primary pa- prayers to my higher power, apart from like, God, make me an instrument of thy peace and show me how to serve today, is also like, God, give me discernment because I don't know how to make decisions and I don't know how to tell the truth from the false. So I need God, I need that power, with the capital P, to help me figure things out all the time so that I am following god's will and not you know the sneaky disease or the sneaky spouse um and uh yeah so this is a really this is a really juicy one you know there's a lot here and in a way it's all here um and with that i'll pass thanks so much
0: thanks lisa c next up melissa c followed by benita l good morning melissa
10: Hey, good morning, Kelly. It's Paula Sussman. I'm a I live in New York. And I'm hoping you can hear me. I know it's a congested, right, signal. signal, um, but yeah. um, you know, I, yeah, I can not Thank you. I um, I love this paragraph. I, you know, sometimes I read paragraphs, and I'm like, oh, mm, that's so melodramatic. But I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try to relate. And this one. You know, I don't know about you all, but it's not so dramatic for me to think about being pulled back from the gates when that of your death, because that is where this, this disease had me. I was I was really at a point where you know, at the, at the worst of it for me, um, yes, I was suffering in a body of morbid obesity, but I was suffering in a mind that I felt like I was losing my grip on reality, and um, you know, and I had dangerously high blood pressure. I I think I was weak real, Um, you know, sleep apnea. That I would store myself away. Everything in my body hurt. You know, every muscle, and bone hurt. My mouth was bleeding at the end. You no, know, I, I was chewing shredded cereal. My gums bled. I didn't like how it tasted. It. How it I told myself, I You know, and so that is why I believe in this program. You know, that is why I will do anything for Overheaters Anonymous, carry the message, I will pull back from the gates of insanity or death. You know, it feels like, it feels almost like it was magic, but it wasn't. It was the power with the capital A. You know, I am, I am the beneficiary. I'm, I am benefited from some of the most kindest, loving sponsors, gave me the truth. But they delivered it with a lot of love. And that, to me, was brutal. You know, I showed up at a meeting. I couldn't make eye contact. And I had somebody who really literally took me by the hand, who took me food shopping, who fed me healthy food, who helped me. I mean, I took people a walk around the block Because I needed to move. He watched my little toddler, my young son for me at the time. So that I could work on getting well, and that's community spirit. And and, and she did it unselfishly, truly from her heart, because she believed in the power, and she knew that she had a program that worked. And that's the same. That's the same spirit that I hope to bring. I mean, it brings me to tears because I have seen, I've seen miracles happen in this program. I've experienced it myself, and I've seen this replicated over and over and over again.
0: And that's why I believe in this. And with that I'll thanks. Thanks, Melissa. See, next up we have Vanita L. And then we'll be opening up for some more shares. Good morning, Vanita.
3: Good morning, I'm in Georgia and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Super grateful to this program and to vision especially. Um, You know, I'm a medical professional and I have a lot of hospital experience. And I loved the lead chair. Actually, I loved those chairs this morning. But the lead chair, when she pointed out something that would have went by me that Bill requested, he humbly requested the privilege. Um, I was like, wow, you know, for someone who has the ability to be pushy and maybe demanding, right? Just the humbleness, right, of requesting. Though, so of course, he knew he had very little power in that system to make a decision. And I love that people are highlighting the humbleness and the openness and um, the character of Dr. Silkworth, because if you've worked in hospitals and You've worked with a lot of physicians. Um, you know, obviously, Silkworth was not a narcissist. He sounds to me like he was a great man. You know, he was a scientist, but he was also super open-minded, which scientists should be. But if you understand hospital dynamics, I'm letting a guy who had been in that a patient and had relapsed and was back again and was in the mess he was in. If To let people like that start talking to other patients, it's a total miracle. And it's unbelievable all the miracles that happened that AA actually got to fly. And um, I just want to highlight that. Thank you.
0: Well, thanks, Vanita. Okay, guys, we're going to open it up for some more sharing. So even though we value your experience, please limit your sharing to every third day. So if you shared Wednesday or Thursday in any vision meeting, uh, please step back. And, again, one uh the sixth paragraph there on page XXVII. Who would like to share?
4: Elena
0: Without C. I. Alex I got B. On Elena C. Alex B. Elena C. I got you, Elena. Christina J.
10: Christina J. Adele R. Adele R.
0: Okay, I have Elena C., Alec B., Christina J., and Adele R. So we'll just get started there. Go ahead, Elena C., you
2: are up. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina, recovered for today. So um, I'm going to echo um, many people who shared um, about Dr. Sokork. This man is amazing to me, um, and I believe he takes, he's the first one who takes the first step when he surrenders all his medical knowledge to the idea that, um, there's this allergy of the body, and there's nothing they they can do about this hopeless alcoholics. And then you know more so in this chapter, whom I highlighted almost more than half of it, um, he is observing, he is surrendering again, and he says, you know, I can't, you can, and so I'm letting you. And then he, what does he observe? He observed the community. He observed the fellowship. He observed the amazing, amazing power of God who's healing this alcoholics. And then, you know, he
3: observed the values and what we get from this fellowship and what it is, unselfishness, you know, the
2: entire absence of profit motive, the giving with no expectation and the community spirit, in this community spirit, I found my higher power. This is where I'm at the back, when I'm comfortable in my skin, when I hang on this rooms and, you know, listen to you. And, you know, and so, and more so, what else does he observe? The confidence of these people, they believe in themselves. I mean, I never believed in myself. Oh, my goodness. I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I I did not. I made people my higher power. I, was, I felt inferior and insecure and you name it. You know, and I can tell you that it's true for me today. It is true for me today. I am comfortable in my own skin. I'm confident and good at what I do. I know I'm a good parent for the most part. You know, and I would have never thought that I could think like that of myself. I have self-worth. I believe and I love myself. And I do know God loves me as well. And I can never love myself the way God loves me, you know. And I know that. And that gives me so much healing. And then one other thing I want to comment on. The power pulls People out of the gates of death. This disease we have is permanent, it's progressive, and can never be eradicated. And you better believe it that if you're like me, we're gonna die. If we don't get our horses together, we're gonna die. This disease is a slow killer. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Elena C. Next up, we have Alec B. followed by Christina J. Good morning, Alec.
11: Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Alec B. from St. Louis, Missouri. It is so great to be on the line uh, again this morning. Thank you for being here.
1: You know, this this passage really
11: strikes me uh, in the context of this week for me. So it talks about how those who are recovered, those who have been freed from, from this affliction. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and and restricted recovered for today by God's grace how, how those who are recovered are marked by an unselfishness are marked by uh, a, an entire absence of profit motive right that that those who are recovered are, are 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 generous are able to serve are willing to serve and yes i think that's true um but i want to mention that in my experience that's not only the end that's only that like the, the, the what happens because of recovery but that's the way to get there that that in uh, my own recovery when I became less focused on myself, when I was invited by my God to think of, of of him, to think of his will, which is always to love others, always to make myself available to serve others and stop being so uh, uh, inward, so curved in on myself, which is where I was with the disease, thinking of myself, being distracted about myself and my own needs and my own pleasures and was able to look outward. That's where I was able to find uh, neutrality and freedom and joy in the service of of my fellow man and the service of God, uh, who loves us, who knows me by name, who holds me, and who brings me to others. You know, I think of that this week. Uh, I'm on. I'm a student and I'm in my academic break right now. But this week, I've been serving at a particular uh, conference within my religious tradition, and it's been very, very long days. You know, every day from from the morning until the evening, just being present to people, talking to people, listening to people to serve them. And yet it's been exhausting. It's been exhausting. And yet, uh, I've been completely neutral about food, about body. I haven't been able to do my normal exercise because I've been doing this, uh, work service and, and been on my feet all day. So I haven't been able to, I, I didn't want to hurt my, my body by forcing myself to run or anything like that. So I've been just being very gentle with myself and, uh, I haven't been worried about it. I've been feeling complete freedom. And even right now, I'm doing two back to back airport runs to help people fly home from the conference, right? Serving them, getting up early to serve them. And yet, it does, It's I feel freedom. I feel peace. I feel joy because this recovery came through putting myself at the service of God um, and through surrendering to this program, surrendering to who this God is. And, and because of it, because of the recovery, I'm even more disposed to serve. And that's nothing. Amazing about me—that's just who this God is and what God's given. Right? God has given me so, so, so much. Who am I to to withhold from Him? And so I'm just so grateful for this program to free me from the 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 the, the uh, what does it say? The, the hands of this addiction that pull me to death, that that pull me to isolation. Right? The greatest poverty I heard in this conference: the greatest poverty is isolation. To so pull me from isolation uh, towards towards service, towards community towards a humanitarian spirit of service and love. And so with that, I pass. Alec B. from Missouri. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Alec B. Next up, Christina J., followed by Adele R. Good morning, Christina. Hey, Kelly. Uh,
12: Christina J. in North Carolina this morning. Uh, Boy, these doctors, they are, you know, their hands are ringing. I can't figure out how to help these people. And yet, something begins to happen, and they're amazed, as it says in this paragraph. The cases we have followed through have been most interesting, in fact, many of them amazing. So the scientific methods, I mean, obviously this doctor wasn't a compulsive overeater or alcoholic um, because he, you know, didn't need a solution and didn't seek for one, but he sought a solution for us, and he only found out about it, you know, through these These guys, they were having success. And I love this. He requested the privilege. He requested. How humble is that? You know, this program humbles us. I, you know, I have lived 65 years. I got a lot of compost of the soul. I can tell you how to do a lot of things. I have a lot of knowledge about stuff. Let me show you how to do it, blah, blah, blah. When I work with a newcomer, I don't do that. Because I know who's in charge, this power that pulled me back from the gates of hell, death, and sanity, and can pull them back too. But my hands are up in the air when I work with someone. Open palm to God, how can I be of service? This is a unique individual. How can I not try to control what's happening and let you just work by me telling my stories? This is the thing for me that pulled me into these rooms was your stories. And not just your stories, because I heard your stories many, many years in in regular OA, but what I heard in this room was recovery, recovered. And so I wanted to pay attention, because I heard your stories of the gates of death, almost dying, and all this stuff, but I also heard something at the end and at the beginning. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. My name is so and so. And my heart just exploded in hope when I heard that. So if you're out there and you're listening, we can't isolate this is about being of service to others being of service to each other isolation is a demon of the disease i'm depressed i'm sad i'm going through a hard time i don't want to talk to anybody yeah maybe we do need to lay down and cuddle up for a while but then we got to get up and do action because action is the way that our higher power says well they really want this let me let me let me drip some grace let me drip some grace on their soul you know Take one step at a time towards this. You don't have to figure it out, you know, right away. Uh, as you go through, all these things will be revealed. And then suddenly one day you will want to be of service, unselfishly, want to help someone else. That's amazing in our society that we want to be unselfish and help somebody. <laughs> I mean, really. I'm busy. Can you not see it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Time. I don't got, I don't got no profit motive, you know, Uh So anyway, thank you for letting
0: me share. Love everybody, and I pass. Thank you, Christine and Jay. Next up, we have Adele R. We may have room for like another minute share, minute, two-minute share after that. You're up, Adele.
13: Thanks. Good morning. This is Adele R. in Kansas City, gratefully recovered compulsive eater. Um, Just so swept by the shears and um, the line, one of our beloved lines from the book is coming to me, that this is an, about an entire psychic change, um, and to for me to become service-minded is like the furthest thing that would have ever been on my mind. I'm really landing on, um, but today it's a need. It's a need that I have when I feel lost at a certain point in the day, not sure what to do. Something is is like turn to program, be of service, and I'm so grateful that is totally higher power the last line in the paragraph they believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death and um i can believe in myself today because i came into program broken and hopeless and i heard hope i heard someone expressing who i was a piece uh that was a piece of their story but they had moved into hope. They had moved into recovery. And because I was able to identify with them, I had a sense that that could work for me too. And, um, now coming in, you know, being in recovery, I know that that power is why I can believe in myself, that power that moves mountains, that makes me show up differently, that makes me know that whatever I'm supposed to do today, um, is planned not by myself is is uh taking place not on my own strength but because of that power um, that has a plan for me and i love the previous share about the hospital environment i too work in a similar place and you protect your people you don't like that is out of order to have a previous patient speak with a current patient but we show up differently and that power that moves mountains is very convincing um and whatever is is mine to do today, I can trust that that will take place and humbly, and you know um not I don't have to control the universe, I can just go with the power that that I'm learning to trust and to live in and and that's thanks to all of you. Um, I I don't live this life on my own. I'm just so grateful for this meeting every day, this book that shows me, gives me access to power and the willingness that somehow has been given me to to take these actions. Um, Everybody have a beautiful day. Thank you so much. I pass.
0: Thank you, Adele R., for your share. Is there anybody who'd like one minute?
10: One minute.
14: Carol W. Tulsa, Oklahoma.
12: All right. Carol, go ahead. One minute.
14: Okay. Thank you so much. I just want to thank everyone for being here. I've been on this line listening, and I share occasionally, for three years through a pandemic when uh, my husband could not uh, get out because of chemo and stuff, and we were very isolated, and y'all have been there all the time and i just want to say thank you and i find this paragraph and yesterday so amazing that a science person and i have a health degree and um and that science people could i mean he was probably praying for us all the time because he was so a caring doctor that just wanted to find help for his patients. And that just touches me to my very core. And so I feel so blessed and touched today. And uh, yesterday I wasn't live. I listened to the recording this morning because I got up early before I listened to this one. And I found two nuggets that have provided by my higher power healing in my life. And I just have
10: time.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you. Welcome. Glad you got on. Okay, guys. So we will now – oh, wait, wait. Thank you for sharing, for everybody who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. So the share ID for today, January fifth, twenty uh, 2024, is 21008. 21008. All right, so we will now close with the reading from the Big Book. Somebody needs to press star one for unmuted. So just check your phone if you've recently shared, please. Okay, so we'll now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Anne Marie M., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
2: Certainly, yes, I will. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, Anne Marie M., And I'm done.
10: Thank you.